With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in, everybody. We have a very special edition of the Bear Den Pod this week. Um, unless you are living under a rock or you're a fan of a team in the SEC that just doesn't care about the grander college football landscape, um, realignment is back alive and rearing its its head similar to what happened last summer. Recently, we've had the news that USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12 and heading to the Big Ten Conference, which um, apparently will be causing a seismic shift um, throughout the college football landscape. Um, and there's a lot of things that that might mean for the Big 12, the Pac-12, the ACC, um, and really just the future of college football as a sport. Um, so this week, uh, Matt and I wanted to get together and bring some some of our friends in so we could talk and you know get some outside voices from other schools um, around the Big 12. And so um, you know I've invited Philip from the 1012 podcast. Philip, how are you doing today? Doing all right, man. Uh, I'm down to one episode a week. So as much as uh, any opportunity to, to talk about this news as it continues to update rapidly uh, is good. Excellent. Oh, and I've also got Tristan McGonigal from the Talking Tech Pod here. Hey, Tristan. Yeah, your listeners thought they got the last of me. So they're, they're ready for some more nonsense, I guess. You, you're you now the, the second two-time guest with on the Peter Bear Pope Pod. With our, uh, our repeat <laughs> guest. Yeah. <laughs> well, climbing the leaderboards. And Tristan can read. We'll remind you all of that. Like <laughs> last time. And just if you thought we weren't done yet, we had to bring in a representative from, you know, some of our more northern Big 12 members uh, with the great Jamie Pollard as their athletic director from Iowa State. Mr. Travis Holm. You may know him on Twitter as Travis Clones. Travis, how are you doing today? I'm doing well on the uh, what used to be the furthest west outpost of the Big Ten. Now the closest <laughs> travel partner to L.A. at 1500 miles. <laughs> yeah that yeah things are going to be changing here in a couple of years with the with at least the addition of BYU but we may even see some differences there um so I, you know I won't I won't ramble on too much longer we wanted to just do a round table get kind of our thoughts on um stuff as it pertains to the national scale like what does this look like for college football as a whole what do we think the future is going to be um, then we wanted to take a step back and look at what we think the Big 12 is going to look like, and then maybe some comments on what we think the individual schools within the Big 12, especially the ones that that um, this group talks about. So we've got Baylor, Oklahoma State, uh, Texas Tech, Iowa State involved here. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in. Um, Tristan, I'll start with you, man. Like, what did you think when you saw the news and, and kind of where do you think this is all headed? You know, when the first news uh, first broke, my immediate reaction was, wow, the Big 12 immediately got better. Like we had, we're immediately a prettier girl at the dance now that the uh, one of our biggest competitions took a big hit. You know, obviously you, the, the, the purest in you is upset that the, the TV media is just going to drive our favorite sport the way they want to. 
but obviously the Texas Tech fan in me wants Texas Tech to matter. So as long as long as we can get a leg up anywhere we can, I'm happy about it. And I know I saw I, I saw that and immediately thought this is good for the Big 12 was like my immediate reaction. Mm. Philip, how about you? Here we go again. Um, it, conference as a we're gonna, we got to stop calling it realignment. This isn't realignment. It's a, it's reshuffling at best. It's more consolidation. If we want to be honest about what's happening, it's a consolidation of wealth, which I think the biggest thing we've got to do is change our mindset about how we talk about this stuff. Um, I think in the Big Twelve, we learned last time that this isn't just like hey, we're also a pretty girl at the dance. Like, no, 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 no. They're here for the absolute knockouts to take away to go to the modeling shoot. And you guys are just going to stay here and hang out. You do you, okay? And I think the Pac-12 schools that are left are kind of dealing with that issue right now. Like Oregon and Washington thought they were two of the prettiest girls to dance, but they're they're just, they're good looking. They're attractive. They're going to age well. You know, they'll be hot moms, but they're not quite ready to come down and and, and hit the uh, the main uh, I can't even think of the walk now, whatever. This is a terrible metaphor and I hate that I'm making it, but it's what immediately popped in my brain. Point is, I know I said this last year on the show um, when when all this started happening, um, there's a lot of schools who think they're in a good spot who are about to get a harsh reality, the Pac-12, schools in the ACC are starting to kind of look in the mirror and go, and heck, the where this is going is there are schools in the Big Ten and the SEC that feel real good. Enjoy it while it lasts, boys. Um, I'm talking about you, Vanderbilt and Rutgers and Maryland and maybe Kentucky or Arkansas. Like first is consolidation uh, and the first is growth and then is shrinking and uh, it's going to happen. Yeah, I was really interested that you said the word consolidation because yesterday I was just like meditating on this. We'll say we'll use we'll use fancy language. Mm. And I, w- I was thinking about 30 years ago. Right. We We went through. The, the Southwest Conference falling apart and, you know, the creation of the Big 12 and me growing up, the Southwest Conference in Texas, it's revered. It still is. It's, you know, you, people still reminisce about it. Oh, man, I hope the Southwest Conference could come back someday. Um, but we never really talk about, like, the fact that what actually happened was that was a consolidation of power in college football. Like Rice, the University of Houston, SMU, there were multiple schools, TCU, you know, a school that we that we play against in the Big 12 now got left out in the wilderness because the Big 8 only pulled in four schools and created this Big 12. So it's exactly what we're seeing just on a, on a broader scale. Um, and Travis, you being a guy that, you know, is a fan of an original big eight school and being a guy that I know is really into realignment. You and I have had constant conversations over the last couple of years about where we think this will go. When you saw the USC UCLA news, what, it, what was your immediate reaction? I mean, I still think it's dumb. It makes sense to me, but it's also dumb. I think that's, that was my first real uh, reaction. Um, I had this overwhelming sense of calm though, because it did involve us for once. I think, uh, I think a lot of times we in the Big 12 have been the victim of realignment because we're in the middle and it's easy to pluck from us. But as a fan of a school that keeps getting viewed as one that's going to get plucked, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, and all these other, quote, stable leagues, there's schools who are in a lot worse footing with a lot worse support with a lot less money than us. So I've actually just been kind of nice sitting back knowing that this direct move probably isn't going to directly hurt me, which is just so new to me over the last 12 years. Like I'm just so snake bitten by all this. Um, 
I've actually been able to take a little more of a actual like holistic approach to how this fits nationally because I'm not worried about my my own interests here, which is uh, kind of nice. I don't have to be selfish for once. Um, but then again, I kind of do. I think this is a really good opportunity for one of the power fives to die. And we've thought that the Big 12 was going to die. And I think there's a really good chance now that that could be the Pac-12 for sure. That's your biggest, you know, that would be the easiest knockout punch. Or even the ACC could be a knockout punch because they're in such a bad deal. I could see them potentially being like, oh, my God, how do we get out of this 2036 TV deal making, what, $38 million a year? So I think just selfishly, I'm just glad that we're not the hunted right now. Absolutely. Like, and I know, I know you, you of all people um, in the conversations that you and I have had where we've, we've kind of being a Baylor fan and an Iowa state fan, we're, we, we often sit back and go like, is there a place for us? Like, is there somewhere for us to land if the worst were to happen? Um, now, having said all of that, Trav, like, where do you think this inevitably goes? Like, what is the end of the musical chairs here? Uh, there, there's two 24 team leagues. Big 10, SEC, and then we have to be, we have to form an annoying enough third 24 team league that can't get left out. Interesting. They're going okay. to try to, they really will. But so as we work towards that, we have to keep getting good enough media deals. We have to keep retaining coaches. We have to keep recruiting. We have to keep winning. And this is a 2040 scenario. Um, but I do think that's where it's going. And they're going to try to make it a 48 team D1 college football where it's just the Big Ten and the SEC. Or we could even just call it the Fox League and the ESPN League. <laughs> oh, th- I mean, NFC and AFC are on two specific owned by two different networks. That's 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 a kind great of where point, we're actually. going here. So we have to be annoying enough that they can't they just can't leave us out, no matter how hard they're gonna try. And I so and that's that's probably like I said, a 2036, 2040 type. Um, time frame but I think that's their ultimate goal especially if some of these leagues start to get to 20 within the next year or two I mean I think I think that's going to start becoming a lot more clear here's the question Travis and, and and people keep talking about they 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 who's they because the NCAA is going through massive overhaul at this point the, the true powers behind college football are Fox, ESPN, and, and growing Big Ten and, and SEC. We don't know who's actually going to be in charge of college football. The playoff ends in, what, 25? They're going to have to have a brand-new contract for that. My, my concern of we have to be so annoying they can't leave us out, if, if the ones in charge of everything are the ones who seem like they're currently in charge of everything, they can do whatever they want. There's, I understand the idea of so annoying, but I mean, that's, that's where the, the, the G5 has been like, well, if we can just be annoying enough, the AA, that's the AAC's policy. If we can just be so annoying enough, they can't leave us out. They're still getting left out. They just, what pieces people want get gobbled up. And my concern with all this is that really does starting to feel like there will be two divisions like we have in the NFL. And I know everyone throws out, well, if they get to 20 or 48, I'm not even interested in the, in the total numbers because I, I think the idea of, well, they're going to get to a certain number is arbitrary because it's all going to be about what brands matter, what brands bring in the most money. How do we get the most money out of what we have? Which is, again, why it makes a lot of sense that these conferences that are building these massive divisions are going to kick the teams out that aren't bringing anything to the table. Mm. So 
uh, the arbitrary number thing is is the problem for me. Be like, well, it's this many. I, I'm not sure there's a set number because if you ask me right now, who all is well, who is involved in 48? You're going to include some of the teams that are already in there. I just uh, this is my concern of. I'm gonna I'm just gonna my my future. If I had a crystal ball to look into things and project in the future, I would like to get past all of this. Because my opinion, this is purely opinion, I have no way of fact-basing any of this, is one of the things we love about college football, what made college football college football is its regionality, is your local rivalries, your teams playing each other locally, and then you have some fun non-conference where you go face somebody across the country at school or whatever. Whoever one that's you know, left out of these two divisions, that's, that's where we're going to have to go. And honestly, I'm ready for that. If you tell me, you know what? Philip, you're you love the Big 12, but you're an Oklahoma State fan at heart. OSU is not going to get included in whatever this new um, semi-pro NFL thing that's building is. Cool. All right, then put me in a division with teams that make the most sense, and and let's let's figure that out because the stress of this, the it's it's not fun. It's not like I get the clicks in the media, and we're all we're all digesting this, but it, it's literally like taking in something that that tastes good, but is completely and totally harmful to you, right? This I is slurm. That's that's what this is. This is is it slurm? Am I getting the word right? God, if I'm gonna make Futurama references, I make sure I get the terms. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, the, it, it, you're 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 consuming the slurm while ESPN is playing Hypnotoad for you. Um, slip notes. This is this is Soylent Green going on right now. Um, I mean, it is consuming itself. We're consuming ourselves. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. These are terrible metaphors. Don't. I, I'm tired. Um, I get to use that excuse until the kids sleep train. That's my whole thing. But I'm like, I, like, I'm I almost hate all of this because it's taking away so much of what we love about college football. It's being taken from us and it's been done slowly, but what used to take 10, have, you know, 10 year stages is now happening once a year, which is, it's not a week quickly, but man, it's getting faster and faster and faster. And that timeline, we all thought of you saying 2040, we thought 2036 when the ACC deal was done. If you told me that college football looks nothing like what it does now in 2024, I mean, I would believe you. Yeah, I agree. What like one of the biggest things that I miss as a college football fan is AM. Like I I hated AM. I hated them so much. And now I just don't care. And I live in Houston. I work for uh, a consulting firm that that works directly with oil and gas firms. So I work with a ton of Aggies. We just we don't care. Like we 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 trash UT together. And we may make a joke about like, you're going to lose to Alabama and we're going to lose to Oklahoma as Baylor. Like that's about it, but it's nowhere near what I remembered growing up. And it's nowhere near what I remember when I was in school and the friends that I went to high school with that went to A&M and the back and forth that we would have like the battle on the Brazos, like our two schools were like maybe 90 minutes from each other, like, like an hour, hour, 15 minutes. Like they were bigger. They were better than us most of the time, but all it took was that one year you beat them like and that meant everything to you as as a rival and i miss that i miss it so much and i'm like i like my twitter quote unquote clout that i get half the time is because i like to clown on texas i'm gonna miss that like as much as i love like i abhor and i hate the university of texas i'm gonna miss them because i don't have my punching bag anymore um so I agree with you. I think I think inevitably we're going to see further and further consolidation. Like 
I agree. Like, I don't think, I think Indiana's in trouble. I think Northwestern's in trouble. I think, like you said, Rutgers, Maryland, like those schools are in trouble because what they're going to look at is it's not about getting to 48 or whatever number of school it is. It's if I get rid of this school, do I make 1 million more a year on average? And if that's the case, bye. I don't need you around anymore. Matt, we haven't heard from you yet. What are you thinking in all this? Well, to go back to what Travis was saying, how he was like just kind of sitting back and relaxing and how his team wasn't affected. Um, I was the opposite. I was like, how is this going to screw the who I root for? How am I going to be hurt in all this? It's and, all about directly it's screwing you at the moment. <laughs> and so like, and I, I tweeted yesterday, I was like, I, I still feel like the Big 12 is going to fumble this some way. I don't have any like faith. And mainly it's because the, the, the big question mark is the new commissioner. I just have no knowledge of how he is as a as a leader, especially in the in a college football administrative sense. What is okay? I've, I've seen this. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you all. I'm gonna play devil's advocate a lot today, just because I'm I'm very much in a mode of of question everything outside of what like five people say. Because I think there's only a, there is again when Matt Brown of Extra Points. If you're not subscribed to his newsletter, he, he doesn't advertise, but you should be. Like made the excellent point of when it comes to conference reshuffling. The number of people who actually know anything is small. Mm. We're talking university presidents, conference commissioners. Most ADs probably don't actually know what's going on. It is definitely not coaches and things like that. And the problem is that a lot of sources that journalists have are guys and people connected to the, the sports programs, the football team, the basketball team. They're not super reliable sources. That means they're not maybe not getting some good information, but they're not getting great information. So when we're seeing all these news stories come out about this and this and this, and they're all conflicting, it's a lot of it's PR work by conferences to try and seem good. Because remember, always think about who does this serve? Who, who, who does this benefit? So when it comes to people actually relaying information, at this point, there is a handful of people who actually have access to sources that can provide legitimate information. When it comes to Pac-12 stuff, uh, it's John Wilner. Um, and I just completely lost my train of thought as I feel like I went off on a tangent. Um, oh. No, I lost it. It's gone. <laughs> Tristan, do you know where his train of thought was? Uh, I, I don't. I, unfortunately, I'm not in, in Phillip's head, so I can't yank the, the you're, missing. You're I, I might be able to pick up this. <laughs> here. I think, All right, hit it, Travis. I think that... Uh... Um, I think as you guys saw yesterday, ADs were making certain comments that presidents were uh, kind of doing the opposite of. We saw Arizona State and Colorado's ADs making comments about being committed to the Pac-12. While then we saw um, notes about the University of Colorado, uh, their regents and their president were meeting in a closed door meeting. That tells me that those are two different things. That tells me ADs don't know much. Um, If you guys remember Big 12 expansion time in 2014, if you remember the 80s wanted one thing and the presidents wanted another, I think uh, I think he has a point here. And I do think that you have to take all of these media sources with a grain of salt because you have to kind of know who, where they are, who they are, and who they're connected to because mo- most of what they're getting is spun a certain way to get told a certain way. You know, I think, I think some of us treat a Dennis Dodd uh, piece a, a much different way than they treat a Max Olson piece, for instance. I think... Uh, and I think over time, you're kind of able to figure out who knows what about what league and who doesn't, you know, and, but at the end of the day, it's who's connected to the presidents, who's connected to ESPN and Fox. And then 
you know, and ultimately, I mean, the, the conference commissioners, they're just um, subservient to their media partners, obviously. So. Yeah. And Philip, you hit a nail on the head there when you talked about oh, some of this is PR, you know, for example, like Travis brought up that there are ADs, like I think it was Arizona state and Colorado yesterday released statements that said we're committed to the PAC 12. A couple hours before that, we're getting reports that say the PAC 12 is starting renegotiations on their next TV deal with Fox and ESPN to get a gauge of what their value would be without UC, USC and UCLA. Well, of course, the first thing and smartest thing that you have to do when you're in the negotiation stage is make it look like you're definitely going to stay. Because if ESPN and Fox think that there's a chance that Colorado and Arizona State are going to leave, then they'll lowball them. Like, okay, you're going to leave anyway. Why am I going to give you a good deal? So you have to put that out in the public sphere. You have to make it look like you are in the strongest negotiating spot possible. Because at the end of the day, I don't think Arizona State or Colorado care about staying in the Big 12 or, or the Pac-12 or moving to the Big 12. I think they care about what's going to give them the, the best bottom dollar at the end of the day. Um, so, I mean, Tristan, we haven't, I haven't asked you this yet. Like, if we're talking, like, of course, you know, Phillips had a great point. Like, none of us know. But, it, you know, we're talking 2030. You've got you've got a couple of little ones running around and you're in that stage now where you're teaching them about what college football is like. What's, what's the landscape going to look like for them? Uh, You know, in 2030, uh, I think it's, it's going to be looking more like uh, what it is now. I think, I think one of the power five conferences will die. I think it's, it's probably going to be the PAC 12. I can't just can't, I think right now with the PAC 12, all we're doing is sitting around waiting for Washington and Oregon to make their move. If the if the four corner schools don't beat them to it, I do think the Big Twelve is still around, and that might just be a biased optimism, but I do think that our middle class living of college football is still thankfully not buried quite yet, because like I'll keep saying, it's a consolidation. If none of the Big Twelve teams want to be uh, picked up, then we don't have anything to worry about. And I think that's a positive right now rather than a negative. So I think uh, I think 2030, whenever uh, the the little McGonagalls are running around, I think they can they can look to a Texas Tech playing in the Big 12 league against Baylor and OSU and Iowa State. I do. I think that's how, I think I'll still be around. Thankfully, I hope so. That makes that makes my heart happy. <laughs> Truth, truthfully, wherever we land, I'm at this point now where I just want us to land there together because when OU and Texas left. It was, it was like a, it was like, there was something happened in this league where we all kind of said, yeah, we hate each other. And yeah, we think you guys are annoying. And yeah, we think your city sucks, but we're in this together and we can all take it as much as we can give it because the landscape of the big 12 over the last 12 months has been the most fun. I think I've ever had. Like, do you guys agree with that? There's a solidarity piece for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Except for Kansas, but yeah. Yeah, what the heck, <laughs> hey, you. Kansas basketball, I'll be specific. They're, 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 the seven football fans they have are actually pretty cool. <laughs> I, I would feel, I mean, I would feel like such an outsider if I hadn't lived in Texas for three years, though. Um, we're on an island, and we're not even on the biggest island. So um, without Twitter, I, I don't think our fans would know fans of two-thirds of this league. That's fair, but we do have Twitter. We do. We do. Which is crazy because you guys have been around, I mean, original Big 8 members. I mean, it's, we're down to four of them. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I, and, but when you think about this too, like when I was a kid, Oklahoma State was in the Big 12 South. That's, yeah. 
you know, so we played you once a year in basketball every or what three out of six years and or whatever it was in football. Yeah. You know, I think uh, at the end of the day, kids here growing up cheering for Iowa State, but then watching Big Ten games. I think uh, I think the. Yeah, y'all y'all really are buried in the heart of Big Ten country. Yeah, I mean, we're surrounded on three sides by it. <laughs> yeah, especially I think I think Nebraska leaving probably had another major effect on on just that region as well yeah and most of our fans are more basketball centric or at least football's gotten bigger with them but losing missouri was just weird because you you go to kansas city for the big 12 tournament and we were always just it used to just be kind of a reunion of iowa state kansas kansas state and missouri for the most part and with missouri gone i got it was weird you know um but I think I, I think our fans are fine as long as we're with Kansas or Kansas State. Yeah, you guys have a fun little thing with Kansas State, and I will say I think you've built a nice little uh, like fun rapport with West Virginia. Yeah, I mean the, the biggest sporting event every year in, in Ames is the basketball game against Kansas, and I know people want to say it's the Cyhawk football game, but that's that's a close number two. But I mean that just. I've had Iowa fans leave that Iowa State Kansas basketball game, and they say it was a lot of sporting environment they've been in so that's just kind of where the passion is mm. but yeah so as long as we can keep that regionalness there I, I i think we'll be fine but as we've learned 1500 miles is fine for your closest <laughs> conference <laughs> so maybe i need to stop complaining now because us ucla is uh 1500 miles from lincoln which is their closest so yeah and now they're going to be literally transcontinental to go play Rutgers. Um, did you guys see this? Rutgers is closer to Iceland than LA. Yes. <laughs> I didn't see that. We need to, uh, the Rutgers uh, should have to go play like the uh, the Reykjavik Vikings or something like that. Like get, get a, a big 10 team out in Reykjavik. Um, so, okay. We're talking about like, uh, we like the regionality. And if, if it were to all fall apart, like it'd be nice to stick together. Philip, you even mentioned this too. Like, you know, like as long as you've got like regional stuff, I know we don't know where this is going to land, but if, if I gave you the, the Philip magic wand and mm. put you on the big 12 throne and I said, you can wave your wand and make whatever you want to happen. Where do you want the big 12 to land? Feather wand this. Um, that's a parent reference. Um, let's see. Can I just admit that I, I have no idea yeah like absolutely I, okay so is it so as an osu fan like there's teams i enjoy like, obviously we want to still want to play teams from the state of texas um i know osu iowa state's not a rivalry and i haven't done the actual checking yet but i'm pretty sure the last seven matchups between those two teams are the close set of seven straight closest matchups in football we've had in the big 12 period um so it's it's a it's i want to throw a beer at you can at you when we play and then we can all drink together afterwards and before um like I want to play the teams I like. I, I I started a Big 12 podcast network because I enjoy the Big 12. Like, yeah, I'm I mean, I'm sad Oklahoma and Texas are losing, but I'm pumped. New teams are coming in. It's new stuff. It's you know, it's new content. It's new things to talk about. But like, I, I don't get me wrong. If the Big Ten came a calling, like I get it. Like we're gonna you're gonna go for the money. But I, it's the same thing. I think you see from a lot of USC and UCLA fans. It's like cool. We're gonna go play. Minnesota and Wisconsin and Maryland and 
whoop to do like don't get me wrong like obviously oh cool we get to we, we get to go play one of the other osus in the country on a on a fairly regular basis in michigan like i would almost be more excited about playing michigan state which is weird but like i would rather just play the teams i like and mm-hmm. my magic wand is like keep things regional like if you tell me things kind of regionalize and you get a a a west coast conference of what's left of the pac 12 and it is like i don't I just want to, when this all falls out, my biggest concern is this. I don't want it to feel for fans of their sport like you don't have anything to cheer for anymore. And that is my biggest concern. Like, I don't give a crap about the playoff. I try and talk about it on the podcast as little as freaking possible. Um, I don't care if it expands to 12. And now there's 12 teams that get in instead of four. I want to talk about it as little as possible. I want to talk about Farmageddon. I want to talk about a potential reunion of the Holy War in the Big 12. I want to talk about uh, if TCU and Baylor still actually hate each other now that uh, he who shall not be named and Gary are no longer there. Um, I want to talk about things that actually interest me within college football, not the national big where everything is going scene. But so much emphasis is put on it. If you or team is left out of the playoff, and I don't mean like group of five left out, but you can get there if everything magically happens your way, like Cincinnati this year. I mean, legitimately left out of whatever playoff is supposed to matter. And now you've got a new one. Do fans lose engagement? Do they care less if they can't? And I am, I have real concerns about the idea of a fan basically going, I stopped paying attention to my school, not because they're bad, but because I don't know what we're playing for anymore. I hate that. I, I would I would hate to see that. And I'm just going to go be a fan of this. Suddenly the, the whatever divisions, whatever football is created as the upper level of college football is like the NFL, where you're just kind of a fan of a team. Like kids are nowadays, I hate saying kids, but I'm old now. Kids are nowadays like, you know, the NBA, they don't care about teams, they care about players. You know, you're suddenly, a, I'm just a, a team, a fan of Alabama because they're so good and they win all the time, but I'm based in New Mexico and I've never been to Alabama or step foot outside of my state. Like, I don't, I don't want that. I want you to feel like you still have something for your team. And I'm just, I don't want that robbed from us. And I'm a little bit afraid it's going to be for a lot of fans of college sports. You'll mind if I hop on top of that one? Um, Phil, I think that's a great point, man. Um, cause that's kind of the worry, right? If you split up these, uh, these into like different levels of football, like uh, FBS, FCS sort of split. And that's where my question comes in. And don't you think the big 10 and the sec have an interest in making sure everyone else feels like they're involved, like handing the, the, the PlayStation controller, that's not actually plugged into your little brother. Like you do have a, you, you know, you're, you're pretend playing, you know, you, you absolutely can put someone into the playoff. But obviously, for the most part, that team won't win and there's a chance they don't get in at all. So don't y'all think that there's a uh, an interest in making sure that the middle class of this new era stays healthy and engaged? Or do you think they're fine with just slaughtering us yeah, and yeah. making yeah. sure that there's only two, maybe two, even two playoffs, the SEC playoff and the Big Ten playoff? You, know, you, you all think that's where it's headed more so? I don't I, think- I, I, I don't think the big 10 and sec care for two for for distinct reasons one i think the big 10 historically throughout its entire life and it's the oldest and first conference and you know they invented college football and all this stuff um i don't think they care about anybody else because they're the big 10 and i think they have always viewed themselves as holier than thou 
Um, they are everything about like, we're not just athletics. It's all about academics as well. You know, like when it, you know, when it came to COVID, no matter what your view was on COVID, like they, they acted like they were just so much better than everybody else because of the decisions that they were making. Um, and I think a lot of the schools and athletic departments over there act that same way too. So I don't, I don't think they care. I think their, their view is we are college football and you guys just happen to play the thing that we started. And then from the SEC standpoint, I think that they have an ego that is based around how good the top of their league has been over the last 15 years. And I think they say, you know what, if you had been as good as we were, and if you had invested like we did, and if your fans cared as much as ours did, then you wouldn't be in the situation that you're in. It's your own fault. I do, I do think that the Big Ten kind of, it, they, they think they're the SEC, but they're still number, they're always going to be number two. Um, you know, I think I saw uh, uh, probably a year ago that the on average 45 people in Des Moines, Iowa, watch a college football game on a Saturday. Omaha, Nebraska lands about 55, and then Birmingham is 85. So I think that the SEC just feels like no one else cares about college sports as much as us. And I think they're just kind of at this point where we don't want to mess with anyone else who can barely get 30,000 people into a stadium, which, um, you know, there's, there's even a couple of schools in our league who um, struggle with that, you know, Big Ten. I mean, how, how many times have you guys seen an Illinois football game full? or Purdue yeah. or, you know, or Wake Forest or Washington State or an Oregon State. And I think uh, – so I, I think they feel like a consolidation is warranted just because they care more than everybody else, you know. And, and that, that, that TV number always has just stood out to me like, you know, yeah, you know, the quality of us rabid fans is there, but I think they view it as the quantity of rabid fans that they have. And so ultimately, I think I think the SEC feels like this consolidation needs to happen because a lot of us don't have fan bases that care. Um, and I, I do, but personally, at Iowa State, we have an athletic director who his he doesn't he doesn't necessarily go for the corporate crowd. I don't know if that's his real style, but he's dedicated himself to organically building a fan base of average Joes because at the end of the day, it's them who buy tickets. You know, they're the ones who click on streaming services on Tuesday for a women's basketball game, stuff like that, because ultimately that still does matter, because if you look at the SEC and you look at that number with the 85 percent, you know, I mean, it still does add up, you know, you know, and I'm, I, I, I've always cringed when like Kansas State fans tell me, oh, well, we have uh, four times as many suites as you. I'm like, yeah, you guys barely get 40,000 people in your stadium. So it's like eventually this still needs to be about the masses because it's not about subscriptions and cable anymore. It's about clicks mm. and who clicks. It's this, still it's still average people like us. This gets to the point of there is a difference that we have to start having a conversation about between programs and brands. Mm -hmm. And yep. this is all about brands. And other people understand, like when we say consolidation, we mean consolidation of brands. Um, UCLA football is meh, but you show random people on the crowd, 20 college logos, UCLA is going to get recognized by most people a lot. It's why North, it's, it's, it's why North Carolina is going to be very, very valuable whenever the, whenever teams can poach from the AC, whenever the conferences can poach from the ACC, North Carolina blue, they have a freaking color named after their school. North Carolina is a valuable brand because people know who it is off the street and that stuff matters. And Just so, think about like, 
what mascots are in Capital One commercials. Yeah. Look, I'm an an OSU fan. As much as we like to make fun of, you know, OSU fans got their fandom from OSU and OU fans got it from Walmart. Like, yeah, you know what? That's helping OU a lot right now. All their Walmart fans, all their bandwagon fans, all the ones who don't, who just want to be fans of that school because it's the school of the state, because it's been the most successful for however long, doesn't matter. This is where all of that is paying off the most for these programs because they are brands. They are not programs. And this is an accumulation of brands. And that's exactly what's happening. And so for a lot of schools, it's like, well, we've been really good at this and we've been look at this. And it's why, honestly, the, if you look at the big 12, Kansas is the most valuable brand left. The problem for them is their brand is basketball. Now the brand is recognizable. And I think if their football program was Purdue right now, they'd be in a better situation to actually get an invite to the big 10, but it's not, it's been a meme. And if they can get it out of meme territory, and make it, you know, we make bowl games fairly often and we're going to upset some teams outside of Texas and you don't laugh about it. it. You look at it like, you know, Michigan State going into Purdue next year and everyone's like, this is going to be an upset. And it was. If Kansas gets to that level in football, they've got a selling point because they have the brand that you're looking for. People pay attention to them. Um, it's just their problem right now is it's because of basketball. Yeah, a point of pride, like as a Baylor fan, is that when I run, if I'm at the airport and I see somebody with green and gold on, like we're going to have a conversation about Waco because they went there. <laughs> like we have stories and memories and ties that make us like attached to our schools. And that's what I love. Like when we were talking about like the regionality and stuff like that, with where this stuff is going, like, that's what I love though. Like I love that about my fan base is that it may be small. My brand may not be big, but I can walk up to somebody and talk to them about getting a gut pack at VTEX if they're wearing Baylor stuff, because I know they're tied to Baylor somehow. Like they went there, their the kid went there, their dad went there. They lived in Waco, whatever it may be. And now what you're going to see is like me as an Astros fan. I think this is a good example. When we won the world series in 2017, 2018 and 2019, I ran into the most annoying Astros fans in my life because they became Astros fans in October of 2017. The moment that we won the championship, all these people that never, they couldn't tell you a thing about the Astros. Suddenly, we're the biggest Astros fans in the world. And I'll never forget sitting at games and hearing people pronounce Carlos Correa's name, Carlos Carrera. And I'm like, I just wanted to, like, strangle people. And good luck with this. Like, whatever we end up with, if it's this this brand-based football, which I think you're right, Philip. I think this is where we're going. And the brands are what's going to matter. But diehard Oklahoma fans, like, have fun. Because now you're going to run into the buzzsaw of, well, the masses that enjoy football are going to follow what ESPN or Fox tells them to follow. And guess what? They're going to jump on your team. They're not going to know anything about it. They're not going to be able to talk to you about Barry Switzer. They're not going to be able to tell you about how heartbroken they were when Adrian Peterson lost to Boise State in the Fiesta Bowl. Like, right. OU fans are used to it, though. Like, this is the thing. This isn't some new thing for these programs, for USC and for UCLA. And but for I, think, Oklahoma, I think it's going to get They've so had it the whole time. Like, it... it it will grow, but this isn't a new phenomenon for these schools. And that's why they're in the position that they're in is you talk to diehard went to school, they're avid OU fans. And even they know there's a big old chunk of the fan base that is ick, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I know some Iowa fans um, because I'm, I'm under no delusion that most people in Iowa are Hawkeye fans. I know a lot of people who like went to Iowa and live in Iowa city and they just, they love football weekends, but they dread who it brings to town. <laughs> I'm okay if, they, if they're fans of my school, as long as they're only TV fans and not actually show up to the game. <laughs> yeah, don't travel here. <laughs>
So I okay. So we're doing At all this, this point, realignment. I wouldn't mind some of those Baylor fans, I guess. <laughs> so we're doing all this realignment. Um, do we want to? I, I don't know how much time we have left. Um, I mean, looking at where things stand today, does the Big 12 add? Because this the thread I lost earlier was was match point of I hope the Big 12 doesn't screw this up and and drop yeah. the bag. And my problem with that is that's implying that it's all on the Big 12 and not all the other powers at work like Fox and ESPN and what the ACC wants and what the Pac-12 wants and what those schools want. And we can sit here and say that the Big 12 is where everyone should want to be. This is the party to be at. And that if they don't land new schools, that we have screwed up this opportunity. But it's hard to know exactly what this opportunity really is because there's so much going on behind the scenes that all we have is a small tidbit. And from the small amount of information that we have, it looks like the Big 12 should be able to poach, right? Your schools should yeah. want to come here. You should want to jump off this sinking ship. But what we don't know, the information we don't have right now that we will probably find out once some things are solidified over the next few months, might turn, tell us that the Big 12 never had the position and, the, and the, the bargaining power that we thought it did when we said that they shouldn't drop the bag. So I think that leads to the question I want to ask before I have to get here and go back to work, um, is six months, a year down the line, right? does the Big 12 actually add from the Pac-12 or are we in 2023 enjoying this well, 14-team conference that, that we are expecting to have? So I'm going to, so this is just purely my opinion and my pie in the sky view. I think we're going to get weird with it. I think we're going to add, but I think, I think we have to get creative. And I think Brett Yormack is the kind of guy that's going to get creative. First hold off. On, hold on. It's like, you got mad about mispronouncing. It's your mark. Your mark. Got it. It's all clarify okay. this now. Cause I've seen it all about 30 different spellings. So get it. It's a, you're not used to it yet. It's your mark. So we're all going to. That's right. Yeah. It's on your mark. Get set. Go. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. If, 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 this isn't a visual media, but everybody's mad at me now. Uh, but anyway, um, I think, I think we got to get creative and I think he's the kind of guy that will, I think what you do first is you go after Boise first and foremost, you, you bring in, you start going after the lifelines, the PAC 12 thinks they have, you do that. It's part two, you tell ESPN and Fox to go screw themselves and you get a deal with CBS. And you try to find a way to get some streaming stuff set up on Paramount Plus. Um, you partner them with maybe a, a sister network that's on cable as well. So you can get some cable games and more expansion out there along with CBS Sports Network. But I don't believe sitting here today that CBS just wants to stand pat and say, yep, we lost the SEC to ESPN and we don't want to add anything else. So I think I think you you have to start making your own luck. And by you have to force other people's hands. So by going after a Boise State or a San Diego State or a Colorado State, those are those are the lifelines the Pac-12 thinks that they probably have for expansion. And then by going after a TV deal that's outside of Fox or ESPN, you're no longer beholden to what they want out of you. They want you know if if it's true that what they want is the heat death of the Big 12. If you don't if you're not beholden to them anymore, then it doesn't matter what they think. So that that's where I go with it. I see the logic there. I really do. Um, and CBS is available and they can't afford the SEC or the Big Ten anymore. So there's a good chance that we're going to wind up with some games on CBS platforms. I still think you just got to go after those four in the Pac-12 and just promise them stability, sign a long-term goal. Um, there's a good chance that NBC and CBS and Turner 
are going to need college football content and this league can provide college football content. So I guess I'm fine being beholden to a TV partner as long as they pay us. And if that's CBS, that's cool. If it's NBC, that's cool. If it's Turner, great. Um, but ultimately, I think we got to add those four. Um, I, I, I don't know how you treat Oregon and Washington if they're playing this waiting game that we were seeing this morning about how they'd rather stand pat until they see what Notre Dame does. I think the time that we, we have to get at least the four from the Pac-12 because then that forces Oregon and Washington's hand. Maybe we could get them signed to a deal. Maybe we let them be rented programs. I don't really know there how they would want to go about that, but I think you go right after the Pac-12 and just go. And then, cause then that means that you've poached already the precedents out there. So then when the ACC starts to crumble, it's like, okay guys, which four more are we going to get? You know, and then, cause then that builds whatever, whatever TV network we have a deal with that suddenly builds them. And then that's how we build that relevance for the moment in 2036 or 2040. Cause all of a sudden that's how you, cause I know, I know Philip was like, well, that's what the mountain West and the AAC have done. Well, it's cause they didn't really build a relevant product. They built a fun product kind of on the side. If we want to keep a relevant product, we have to keep recruiting, keep retaining and hiring coaches and keep our games televised. So that's why you go after those four Pac-12 schools for sure to set the precedent that you've uh, that you poached. Wait for the ACC and then maybe poach four of them and build something that's, you know, a ship moving forward instead of this ship that's just sputtering or doing like cute little flips on a jet ski. You know, this has to be a ship moving forward and it hasn't been, but I think literally this is the first time where the big 12 can actually get this ship moving forward and it just needs to happen. We can't be cute anymore. We can't just do little piddly things. We have to go out to the four Pac-12 schools. We got to get a big TV deal or relative big. It's not going to be as big as the big 10 or the SEC, but it has to be one where we retain our good coaches. We recruit good players and we keep our fan bases growing. And then that's how the Big 12 lives another decade, another three decades, and isn't a joke. Because at the end of the day, the Mountain West and the AAC are a joke. And we're on the precipice of being at that level. And I think what I just laid out is how we stay above that joke level. Joe, that was the first time I ever heard something like that, uh, going after their their viable G5 teams. And I think the Big 12 kind of, uh, got ahead of that of kneecapping a lot of G5 nabbing by getting the what's probably the best in the country right now who are adding. Thank you, um, OU in Texas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 100%. Thank you, OU in Texas. And, um, but I, I, I think what we got going for us with the Pac 12 versus the Mountain West is I think there's probably a lot of, you know, nose sticking up in the air, a lot of ivory tower in the Pac 12. I don't think I can't see Stanford in California saying, yes, let's add Boise State. I think they'd, they'd be that stubborn on it to their own detriment. So I don't know if we, we would have to go and do that. Um, I think we could just gun for the, the four mountain schools if possible. And I think it kind of gets me excited because what we all brought up earlier with the regionality is how fun would it be? That was actually a pretty natural fit to get all four of those in here. Like there's a lot to offer at that point. And I think the big, that's why I was saying, whenever you're asking me, what's the 2030 uh, big 12 looking like, I think if we add, especially if we add those four, I think the big 12 is around and in good shape and your strong bronze medaler for sure. Yeah. If you can pull that off, I agree. Like in, in you know, I, I asked Philip the, the magic wand question. Like if I could do it, I, I would, I'd get rid of West Virginia. I'd say you guys can go play wherever you want. And I would cancel um, I'd cancel adding central Florida. And I would create literally a, a quote unquote, like Southwest conference that also has a little bit of Midwest flair to it. 
because that's that, that I think that's what that would be so much fun to see. But that's not going to happen. We're going to we're going to get these coast to coast ones. Matt, what do you Matt? What do you think? What do you, what's the what, what's your what's your Big 12 stuff here? Like, what do well, you think's happening? The biggest wild card here is Brett, your market and his relationship with media partners that is already pre-existing. Because when they did announce he was the commissioner, there was one executive that had a blurb and it was the Fox Sports CEO. And his quote was, we look forward to continuing our building our relationship as a premier partner of the Big 12. And so don't put it past Fox to pressure those other Pac-12 schools that, you know what, if you join the Big 12, you're going to get a bigger, better deal because of the relationship that Fox already has with the commissioner of the Big 12 that's pre-existing him even taking the job so yeah but fox did build them a network they're like the packs the pack 12 network is fox no that's um they they have it but the big 10 right. network is the one that's owned by okay uh, fox I, I did the same thing the other day and i thought i was really smart and i was like oh wait no 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 fox well, owns 61 percent of the big 10 network they went independent or i think the pack yeah they own their own network and that's been their big problem. oh that's yeah. dumb oh that it that's 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 the Larry Scott stuff that has completely and totally backfired on them. Um, I forget how awful he was. Like we we talk about like Dan Beebe and Bob Bowlesby. <laughs> we those guys yeah. handled bad. Um, you know, th- those guys just had a bad hand to play a lot of times, and they were a lot better than they got made out to be. But the hand of cards they had was so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Larry Scott was he he had some a really good hand and he almost pulled off the the biggest coup in college sports history and then he just fumbled it. Well, yep. Again, you could say he fumbled it, but when Texas got their own network from ESPN, there wasn't much he could do. Like, like this goes back to like you can control what you can control, but once ESPN and Fox are getting involved, um, and Matt's point on where do Fox and ESPN sit on all this? So okay, let's back this up. Um I if you ask me right this minute, I have gone back and forth. I I kind of wondered if the Pac-12 isn't hold together for a while. Um, Oregon, if you take and and shouts to everyone's uh, favorite CBS writer Shahanji Araja, uh, tweeted out that if you look at the Big 12 and the Pac-12 or what's left of of it, Oregon and Washington are the two most valuable brands across both conferences. Left, mm-hmm. they hold a lot of power and enough power and, and value to hold the PAC 12 together. Right. The question with them is there is no way they're going to want to sign anything that locks them into the PAC 12, in which case they cannot bail to go to the big 10. If that offer comes anytime in the near future, they do not want to be held in. Um, But I think they've got enough sway to hold the rest of the teams in. The problem I is don't know if anybody joins. They're up against the clock because their grant of rights is, I mean, they have to have a deal by 2024. Yep. So, which is why they're spoiling everything. You know, this, this ACC Alliance 2.0 thing. I could see the Pac 12. I could I see this happening Alliance. where I could see a Big 12 2.0 where they give Washington and in Oregon all the concessions like we did with Texas, like where you know, there's going to be a different amount of money that they make. Okay. You get to make 10% more than everybody else. The grant of rights, I could even see being different for them. You know, maybe it's only guaranteed for five years, not 10 or something like that. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That's why, that's why my first thought was uh, like the fact that they're going to go look at what they can get. 
I think they're going to try to fight to stay together because we've all touched on like the ego and the stuff that they have and the better mm-hmm. than now. So that's why my first move honestly is going and poaching, like, like go take what they could to get to 12. Like they're not going to be able to get to 12. if We take all this. Yeah. I, I, and, and it's interesting. I, would you leave a job that made you move across the country for only a little bit more money? No. The big 12 with the position of power, you almost have to look at it the same way as we look at the big 12 teams trying to get into another conference. If the big 10 calls, we're all running, but there's, I, you can't guarantee the big 12. You can talk about stability. Good at basketball. We can talk about um, fans travel better. We can talk about uh, more games and better time periods and everything having to be after dark. At the end of the day, if you're Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, unless you just hate being in the Pac-12, it would take a pretty decent financial incentive to want to leave the Pac-12 to go to the Big 12 if you can hold what you're already in together, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know if the values of everything are right. I don't know the Big 12's value is really that much bigger than what the Pac-12 is with 10 teams. And for USC and, and UCLA leaving, yes, that com- that definitely – takes a lot of the value of the Pac-12 out. You're going to get a, a smaller pie, but there's fewer people to have to share that pie with. So you're not losing nearly as much as I think a lot of projections are trying to do because of the math of you're going to split it 10 ways as opposed to 12, even though there's a reduction. I don't know that the money is big enough of a difference between the Pac-12 and the Big 12, what they would sign if they both signed a new contract today to say, yeah, I'm leaving the Pac-12 to go over there. It's not Big 10 or SEC money. And so if I'm talking about completely uprooting what I am and where I am and the relationships I have to go to someplace else, I want enough of an incentive. You got to give me enough incentive to drive from where I live an hour outside of Little Rock to Little Rock for a job, right? Like I got to make enough money to justify that travel every day, the wear of my car. If you're going to make a big move, there's got to be enough incentive. I I work in marketing. I, I explain this to people all the time. In everything, the bigger the ask, the greater the reward must be. We can sit here and say, like, coming to the Big 12 is no big deal. You should just come over. I think people don't realize you're talking about an institutional move. It's why university chancellors and presidents make these decisions, not athletic directors and football coaches. I, I Agreed. Think, I think, I, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I think that's why you have to push really hard for Colorado, Utah, and the Arizona. Oh, they, and they should. And I, I agree. That's the ones that you want. Forces Oregon and Washington's hand to move across country for not much more money. I think uh, I think uh, that forces them to make some tough decisions. And uh, to be honest, we have been forced to make so many tough decisions as a league. I think I, I want us to be the ones forcing tough decisions on others for once. Agreed. Like, I really want that out of this new commissioner uh, more than anything. Same. Do y'all, do y'all not think uh, Oregon and Washington being vocal about wanting pretty much wanting out of the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten, like that's like their 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 number one choice right now. You all don't think that applies anxiety to the, the to their colleagues? Sure, it does. That's why they're reviewing all their options before they mm-hmm. make a decision. But again, it, you ever been in a relationship? You know you shouldn't be, but it's really hard to break up because you're pretty comfortable in that relationship, and everyone's telling you to get out, but you still just can't do it. And you just keep hanging in that relationship for another year of your life, and then eventually you're going to get out. You know it might end, but maybe it'll work out. It's the the uh, you know, it doesn't work for everybody else, but maybe it'll work for us. Like, uh, that's the situation they're in. Like, it sounds, it's an easy decision to make from the outside looking in. It's a whole lot different of a situation because you got to think of all the mindsets, again, from the university, not just a football team, of making a move that size. But I agree. I think- 
throw everything at them, whatever you got to do short of giving them more money than everybody else is making. Like there's no, like you come in and make less figure out what you got to do to convince them to come in, get Fox or ESPN or whatever to the table. Be like, we get them. If you give us more money, if that's what you want, like, but every trick you've got up your sleeve, CBS, Apple, NBC, Amazon, whatever you got to do. I think if you can get those four and tear the Pac-12 apart, the Big 12 feels very, very secure moving forward. But All I hate right, it. So we are, yeah, we are, we are, we are right at an hour and it's the middle of the day. So people, some people on this call are on lunch breaks. Uh, so I, do, I want to close this out just quick, deepest, darkest secrets, like your heart of hearts, your, your true desire. And I'm going to tell you that your team can land in the Big Ten, the SEC, or a sustainable and viable Big 12. What is your choice, Philip? Oklahoma State, where do you want them to land? Uh, Big 12. You want I get them? the money. Okay. I get all of that stuff. I do. And Big Ten will be great for wrestling, and SEC would be great for baseball and softball, and I get the money would be awesome, and the softball program's already cool, great, and that's that's awesome. I love all that. I love all of that. I do. Um, I, I, I just want to stay in the Big 12. Like I want to play teams nearby that I know, like, I like, again, I like what I know and the money's a lot to move and I get all that. That'd be awesome. But I, I like, I like what I know. I'm, I'm comfortable with what I know. I, I've got three small children. I don't need to have to go through a conference realignment shift for Oklahoma state. Like I don't, don't get me wrong. It'd be fun to play Arkansas every year. I live in Arkansas. It's awesome. Um, I don't care about playing half the sec schools or half the big 10 schools. I care about Minnesota. I'm never going to go to a road game in the Big Ten. Like I, I'm having a hard enough time just trying to get up to Iowa State game one time. I don't want to deal with Minnesota and no, leave me in the Big Twelve. Make it sustainable. Make it good. Make it fun. Um, let me go to Arizona and go party without children. You know, let me go out to Boulder. Get me to Provo and see the mountains. Like I just let me give, keep me in a sustainable and fun big 12 where I'm going to be, I'm just going to be honest. I, I know what Oklahoma state is. And it, I feel like I know what its ceiling is as a football program and everything else. Let me stay in a conference where we can compete for a conference championship. Matt. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm right there. Uh, I'd say stay in the big 12 um, over since 1996. We've built these like rivalries and relationships like with our brethren inside the big 12 and i'd prefer just to stay there and really i live in sec country and um i just don't know how many big 12 schools are about that life so i just, <laughs> just stay in the big 12 <laughs> tristan man i think i think i gotta go with y'all i mean i've been really giddy about the uh the, the prospect of getting these rocky mountain schools over because i just think that makes just such a fun conference the only draw to the sec for me is upsetting ut and a and m and is that enough for me to just want to never, you know, win a conference championship or dream of that and leave all these great rivalries behind? Probably not. I'd rather just upset them out of conference than that because that would be even sweeter. You know, this little inferior Big 12 team doing that. So I would I, I, I got I got to stick with my boys. I, I, I think we'd be just a much happier fan base if we could travel and have fun with who we have. I agree. Travis, I think you're the. You're the one I think most likely it has the most reason to, to answer differently than the group. So what are your thoughts? Iowa State, Big Ten, SEC, or a sustainable, viable Big 12? I, I could literally go two directions here. Um, I think the obvious answer would be uh, near schools were actually around. Um, and that would be in the Big Ten. I don't think anyone would ever fault anyone for suggesting that. I mean, our closest four campuses to Ames are Big Ten schools. So... Um, 
Our next closest is an SEC school and then Kansas. So um, I think that's, I, I don't think anyone would fault an Iowa State fan for wanting that. Now, that being said, there's a 0% chance that Iowa State winds up in the Big Ten. That being said, if the money was equal, though, the Big 12 wouldn't necessarily be uh, for sure we're out because especially if we're getting those Arizona schools, that's a fun road trip league. But more importantly, it's a recruiting um, at, it's a it's a recruiting base. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we can recruit more dynamic players in Florida, Texas, and then maybe Arizona than getting a bunch of big fat farm kids from Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. And at the end of the day, because as Iowa State has learned under Matt Campbell, you can't beat Iowa by playing Iowa style football. Just doesn't work. That's why he loses to them every year, even though we've had some teams who are pretty comparable to them. That being said, I would lean a Big Ten, but the Big 12 allows so much more dynamic styles of play that I think a lot of Iowa State fans would be really frustrated in the Big Ten because it's just it's it's not, it's not I don't football. Say, it's not an athletic style of it's not it's not like it's a less athletic style of ball. But like I said, in terms of recruiting, we have we know, we can we now have Ohio, Florida, Texas, and potentially Arizona. So it wouldn't be an easy decision, Joe. And I think uh, I think that's that's kind of an important distinction to make because I'm sure some other people might come on here and say, "Oh, see you, Big Twelve, Big Ten. <laughs> but like that's that's not the case because I, I do think that, especially in basketball, but also in football, we can offer something a little different within our region. And Matt Campbell, that's his recruiting pitch. So I'm just going to follow whatever Lord Campbell tells me to say. Being the Big 12, <laughs> whatever, whatever the Big 12, whatever makes us uh, the mid the Midwest Big 12 option or the Big 12's Midwest option, whatever he says, um, it wouldn't be as easy as you might think, Joe, to just run I, the Big I 10, just especially, can't especially if the money was even. I can't imagine you sitting here talking about recruiting. Why? an Iowa state fan would be excited about getting more kids out of Arizona. Like, For those of you who don't know Brock Purdy from, from Arizona. Um. <laughs> I, uh, you know, and I, I was in an argument with a big 10 fan about, it. I was like, guys, you guys should have gone South. That's where the recruits are. They're closer to, you know, Florida state, Miami, Georgia tech, and geographically much closer than LA. Like, Oh, that's dumb. I'm like, why you're recruiting the same fat farm kids. And then you're never winning big bowl games. I wonder why. Go to a place where you can get recruit groups that are actually on your side of the Mississippi River, but you know, fair I, enough. Like they they have the that academic uh, uh, nose in the air, and uh, so they're not quite able to understand what actually wins national championships in football. So now, uh, if you talk about the biggest brand in the Big Ten, they Ohio State recruits nationally. The biggest brands recruit nationally. They don't they don't care about that. So they're happy to do this, and because they can recruit California anyways. Um, and the we're, we're uh, in a battle. Minnesota's of the world got to go along with whatever. So yeah, I mean Iowa and Wisconsin are virtually the same program. Wisconsin's a little better than them at it. You know they've won I think eight out of ten against them. But it's it's just huge lines. Good corner. The, the most athletic players on the field for them are cornerbacks and safeties, and then they just run the ball. Yeah. I would gladly take a Wisconsin offensive line. With, I, 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 I get so sad. I think like if, if we had a line like Wisconsin with like, you know, like Brock Purdy, who, who actually wouldn't have to run quite as much. He would have found a way. To, oh my God. <laughs> to throw an interception. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you, you said it, I had to spike it. <laughs> but so, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 
at the end of the day, it's it, 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 you, you do got to get players at the end of the day to win championships. And sometimes I don't know if the Big Ten actually realizes that outside of Ohio State, because the style of play that Iowa and Wisconsin run, they're not trying to win a national championship, even though they have the resources to do it. I mean, I've been to Fayetteville. I've been to um, other SEC schools where I think Iowa, like schools like Iowa and Wisconsin, they're just as good, if not better resources, but they're just committed to recruiting locally and not really do what they need to get to that next level. So I don't know. I, I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but I still, some people ask, is it a power five? Is it a power four? Or is it a power two? I'm like, sometimes guys, it's a power one, you know, and the big 10 has their occasional Ohio state team who can do it, but you know, it's still, unfortunately, SEC and everything. Fair enough. It's about, it is a power five. It's just that it's five teams, not five conferences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Um, just a huge thank you across the board. Everybody was, uh, everybody was so much smarter than me and Matt normally are. Um, so, um, Philip, thank you for coming on. Tristan, thank you guys. Uh, thank you for coming on. Travis as well. Um, I'm sure all of us will continue to be chatting about this. And, um, as we've all mentioned, none of us know it's going to happen. And we're going to get news probably uh, five minutes after we release this podcast that says that everything we said here was stupid and irrelevant and wrong. Um, but hopefully, I think I think most of us here agree that we want to see some kind of sustainable, viable Big 12 moving forward. Um, and I hope I hope that when my son, Teddy, is you know, 10, 12 years old, I can I can take him to Stillwater. I can take him to Lubbock or I can take him to uh, um, to Ames introduce them to you guys and we can we can all have a beer and have some fun so guys again thank you so much for coming on um and go big 12 sports social podcast network